0: blessing to my family Uh, to stand before you it's 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 nothing i don't take lightly um having been a pastor myself i know that you want somebody up there and you want to make sure that that you can trust that the lord's going to use them um and so it's not something i take lightly and it's something i prepare for uh very very carefully and i spend time laboring before the lord so that we make sure that you guys get just what the lord has um I normally pray before I start a message. I'm going to do that right now. Father, God, I come before you in Jesus' name. I ask you for clarification. I ask you for guidance. I submit my mind, my body, my heart, a willing vessel. Use me now, Lord. Let my own thoughts subside. Let my word be set aside. Let your word come forward and let your people be blessed. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, starting with verse 1. And I'll go ahead and read that out loud. It says this. Now, it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill everyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinom and uh, the Jezreelites, uh, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his son, his daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Amalek's son, please bring me the epod here to me. And Abiathar brought the epod to David. So David inquired of the Lord. Somebody say David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail. Recover all. Down to verse 17, says, Then David attacked from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped, except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered. All the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing. Somebody say, Nothing. Nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great. Sons, daughters, spoil or anything which they had from them. David recovered all. Thank you, Lord. You know, there was a um, a mechanic, and the mechanic went to um, his shop, and he's working in a shop, and he's there. He's pulling the motor out, and he's changing valves. And he sees across his shop, he sees a heart surgeon, a famous heart surgeon, and he recognizes this guy from his celebrity, and he calls him over, and he says, hey, come here, I want to show you something. The heart surgeon comes over, and the mechanic is looking at him, and he's, and he's kind of argumentative. And he says, you know, you see this? The guy says, yeah. He says, I pull the valves out of this engine. I pull the heads off. I grind the valves and put them back in. And this is the heart of the car, and, and I'm doing essentially the same job you do. How come you get the big bucks? And the heart surgeon just smiles, and he looks over and whispered, and he said, try doing it with the motor running. I was in my pulmonologist's office a few weeks ago, and um, I had to really pray about how to share this because I pray that this doesn't come across the wrong way. I'm not, I, I, this is an excellent illustration for today's message, and it's the only reason it's, it's been included. But I was there in my pulmonologist's office a few weeks ago, and usually when I go there, it's a four-hour wait in the waiting area. And if you can find a seat, if there's a seat, there's nothing much to do but maybe to pull up a book, the Bible, or if you're not into reading at the moment, just to kind of find a seat and lay back and get some rest. And so I was doing the latter this particular day, and I was trying to get a little bit of rest. And I hear this conversation going on. Not that I was trying to listen to the conversation. I was trying to rest. It was a little loud. And uh, in this small cramped waiting room with I don't know, probably had about twenty people or so in it, maybe twenty five. And this man was getting a little loud and he was talking to this woman and I discovered by their conversation that she was a pastor's wife and that that this man in in the doctor's office was now instructing her on how to run their church. And he was giving her all the pointers on what they're doing wrong and da 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 and how he knows God better and everything else. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just trying to go to sleep. I said, I don't even want to be bothered. I just want to sleep. And then his conversation began to really kind of stir in my spirit, just, just, to, just to grieve my spirit. And so I asked the Lord for a quick discernment and the Lord gave it to me. And he said, he showed me, yes, this man is in the body, but there's some issues. And so uh, I just want to share that. And before I do that, I want to agree on some terminology so that you don't, jump to conclusions about what i'm what i'm talking about so we can stay on the same page if you're with me wave at me incidentally just i i like to warn people that if you're not waving at me when i say wave at me it makes me think you're not getting it and then i know i got to go longer okay so (laughs) all right so we're all we're all good to go it's no no not yet (laughs) i didn't get that much wind harvey we use the term in christianity radical we want to be radical for christ am i right and we all want to be radical for christ that's one term but do we have any folks here in the medical profession any you deal with medicine you know what a free radical is that's something different altogether right well let me share wikipedia's definition of a free radical free radicals are atoms molecules or ions with unpaired electrons on an open-shell configuration. Free radicals have many uh, positive, negative, or zero charges. With some exceptions, the unpaired electrons cause radicals to be highly chemically reactive. Radicals, if allowed, to run free in the body, are believed to be involved in degenerative diseases and cancers. And so um, I wish I had time to develop this deeply, but in the body, free radicals, Basically, our, our, you know, uh, atoms that, that bump into one another, and because they don't hold themselves together, a little bump causes them to, to lose who they are, and a piece of who they are bumps into another one and causes them to get off, too. And it causes a process of what we know as oxidation. That's why we take antioxidants to prevent that kind of thing from happening in the body. Are you with me? Medical science has come to stand that, that, that free radicals are what, uh, uh, one of the root causes of cancer. And so uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. So back to the doctor's office, as I asked the Lord for a quick discernment on what was going on, why my spirit was being grieved as this man um, was speaking, the Lord spoke to me really clearly. He said, free radical. And so I began to understand that, 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 that somehow th- this man's uh, theology was not being held together tightly. And, and so uh, what he was doing, he was, he was more or less acting as a free agent. And so uh, reluctantly as, as it was, it, believe me, it was, it was really reluctant. I paused and I, and I just looked at this guy, hearing from the Lord. I looked at this guy and I said, who are you affiliated with? Who's your covering?" Man, that was like holding a T-bone steak out in front of a pit bull. He looked at me and he says, I'm going to get you now. And he started to give me the lecture and sermon on how he doesn't need a covering and he only hears from God and he doesn't need. And I'm like, okay, there's a confirmation of what I'm hearing from the Lord. This is a free radical. It's somebody who's not uh, willing to be subject to the configuration God has him in Is easily uh, moved around. And by the way, the minute I opened my mouth, I see the woman looked at me and she was like, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to talk to you today about uh, some things that can sometimes be hard to see, if we can see them at all. And uh, how am I on time? I'm good on time? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.45 says... And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first. Somebody say, "The the spiritual is not first. But the natural, and afterward, the spiritual there's a principle here that that we see throughout scripture and we see it throughout our lives. The the natural comes first and then the spirit. We're born a natural person. And then we at some point along the way, we're supposed to be transformed into a spiritual person. And that's where we spend our time. That's where we make our boat. Supposedly, the natural comes first, then the spiritual. We can't expect our hearts to reside and live amongst the benefits of the spiritual if they're grounded and rooted in the flesh, in the natural, and that's where we stay. Are you with me? Now, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes this morning, but but I'm hoping hoping that we're going to see something a little more clearly, a more excellent way. Somebody wave at me if you're still following me. Okay. In other words, let me try to illustrate this. Just because someone says, I do... Doesn't mean that they're a good husband or a good wife. Right? You you gotta you gotta put something to that I do. Are you with me? All right. It's gonna take some effort, and the battleground is right here. Let me see. Romans chapter twelve, verse two says this and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody say, transform by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Somebody say, prove. Now, turn to somebody and say, prove. Prove Prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, that word prove means to discern. In other words, it means to understand the difference. And so what we're saying here, what, what the word is saying here is not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Keep your mind in Jesus so that you can tell the difference, so that you can discern what is the Perfect and acceptable will of God. Are you following me? It's not just enough to say I've heard about Jesus or I know this or I know that. And then, and then go out and think that you're hearing from him now without proving it. I'm getting ahead of myself. The heart and will of God is, is what we're talking about today. And I believe that that's something that, that we don't talk about enough. And I'm going to show you that from scripture. We don't talk about the heart and the will of God enough today. Uh, By and large. And, And in the end, it's not what I feel is important that's important. Are you with me? It's what God says is important that's important. I can spend my whole life focused on what I think is important and then stand before the Lord. I know somebody in Scripture, the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven is like... A, 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 a certain man that went away and gave his business to people to take care of for him. And the one he gave one talent; to another one he gave five; another one he gave ten. And the one he gave the one to, he buried it in the dirt. And his master came back and said, "What would he call him?" He called him wicked. Right? So it's not what I think it's important. What I need to do, and what I believe the Lord has given me today, is a message that will help you resonate with the heart of God. And so that when we do that, when we resonate with the heart of God, what we're learning to do is focus on what's important to him. We begin to understand the characters of God, the attributes, so that when something comes to you and it's not like God, you can quickly discern that and say, OK, I understand that's not you. The natural is first and then the spiritual One of the, uh, uh, it's a principle throughout the Bible, and there's a big example of this contrast with the first two kings of israel in 1 samuel 30 we find david he's in exile and he's in exile through no fault of his own he's a man of great integrity and because he maintained his equity, integrity before god god is already setting plans in place to remove saul and put in david and saul is sensing there's something going on and he he knows that there's something going to happen and so he thinks he's going to Fix it by going after David and David's in exile and him and 600 warriors are with him and and they've gone and 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 what they've really done here is something that that. The Bible doesn't say this, but. I don't know that David heard from God on one of the decisions that he made here. And he he formed an alliance with a uh, king uh, of Achish. And in forming that alliance, you know, in those days when you formed an alliance with a kingdom what you're saying is when you go to war i'm going with you you're saying your enemy is my enemy and at the time it might have really seemed that way because saul was looking to kill david are you following me and so um achish aligns himself with david and because of that what he's saying is that israel is now david's enemy and so if he goes to war with israel he's hoping david will fight with him you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend And so um, Achish gives David a city called Ziglag, and David sets up shop there. And then the day finally comes when the Philistines are saying, okay, it's time to go to war with Israel. And Achish says, okay, David, come on, let's go. And so David gets his men together. Um, Being Israelites themselves, I can't imagine what David's men must have been thinking. I can't imagine what it took them to get psyched up. They fought alongside the Israelites. They came out from the Israelites, right? They were Israelites themselves in exile, so to speak, uh, running from Saul. And so it must have been a lot to get David's men psyched up for battle because they know they're Israelites. They understand that they're not just fighting fellow Israelites who understand their battle tactics, but they're going to come against God. And you got to know, based on the history, that you're going to go to battle and you're probably going to die. And so David's men do this, and they're psyched up and they're ready to go. That's why I, I say that I don't know that David stopped and, and inquired of the Lord before making that alliance. Now, what ultimately happens is that God intervened because the other Philistine princes said, you know what, David might change his mind in the heat of the battle, send him home. And so David gets sent home, and he arrives home at Ziklag, and what he finds is the city that was given to him has been burned, and his family has been taken hostage, not just him, all the men with him. Can you imagine what's going on in the rank and file of the men? Hey, you know, if David didn't sign that alliance, we wouldn't be here. Are you with me? Can you imagine what was going on? And, and by every indication, they can tell the Amalekites were not far away. The Amalekites that had come and done this. You could tell it because the Bible says it, you know, it, it shows us if, if David had gone right then and there, he'd have been in hot pursuit. He could have caught them. The men felt that they could have caught the Amalekites and possibly retrieved their families. And so what does David do? David just gets quiet. He doesn't do anything. They were talking about stoning him. The, the talk him on the ranks, they wanted to kill him. But David did not give in. You know what? I believe at that point, David said, this is too important. I may have blown it before by not inquiring of the Lord, but this is too important. I'm not going to take one more step before I check with God and find out what he wants to do. And I believe that's a, a matter of integrity. And I believe also that had the Lord said, no, don't go. History would have been different. His men would have probably killed him that day. But David was ready to accept whatever the Lord said, because he deemed what the Lord's word, his heart, was more important than the heart of the people. Wave at me if you're still awake this morning and with me. I mean, to me, if I, I've got to be honest with you, if that were me, that'd be a no brainer. <laughs> if I came home, uh, Pastor Allen and saw my house had been raided and I see the bandits and, and I still see the trail of their car going, I'm in my car and I'm gone. I don't know if I could stop and think. Of it. I'm being honest with you. But that's the heart of God. You see, the Lord wants us to bring every thought captive to the knowledge of Christ, casting down vain imaginations. David took the time to do that. He took the time to say, Lord, what is it that is important to you right here? He wasn't going to let his army or anybody else move him. Nobody. So on the outside, he appears grief-stricken and inept. But on the inside, he knows that this situation is too important. And so finally he says, bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the epod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop and overtake him? And the Lord said, go. Listen. There's battles that look right for the fighting. There's, there's going to be things that we run up against that all, everything's lined up and you can see the outcome and you say, yeah, that looks like where I'm supposed to be right there. But those battles are not for us to fight. And then there's there's things that just look like no matter what I do, there's giants in the land and I'm not going to overcome, I'm not going to get through. And God's saying, that's the fight I want you to fight. the The difference is... The difference is, what is it that God wants you to do? Has anybody ever had a decision that, you know, it just looked right, but then when you finish getting that thing done, you realize that, you know, maybe that wasn't such a good idea? Uh, is it just me? <laughs> or it's just me? Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's not enough just to know how to fight. Understand, it's not, just a, it's not enough just to know the battle tactics. You've got to be able to hear from the commander. Are you with me? There's a difference. There's, there's a difference between uh, having biblical principles translated into the flesh, driven by the spirit of man, and the flesh being translated into the spirit, allowing biblical principles to go forth. Are you following me? That, that's another message, another date. And there's keys to determining. Well, you know, one of the keys, go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. The, one of the easy ways you can tell the difference, you know, if you, if you look at yourself and you say, um, when I'm ministering to somebody, is my conversation starting with I and ending with I, and it's got me all in the middle? <laughs> are, you, are you with me? That's clearly flesh. Because I can't show somebody Jesus if I'm in the way. Are you with me? You know, I know that I'm (laughs) Jeff wants to go. (laughs) I know I'm gifted. I know what the Lord did for me. He told me this. It's all about me. It's me, 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 me. I, 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 right. Well, you know, you're in the way you can't show people Jesus that way. The key to effective ministry is to get out the way as much as possible so people can see Jesus. Matthew 4 4. I'll get there in a second. There was a woman at the church at Cosette and I pastored in Los Angeles, and uh after message one day, everybody's up and they're inspired and and uh well I think it was a great message anyway. But she's talking to me and she's saying, Pastor, God is doing great things in my life. I say Great! Say on! And she said, she, he showed me, I'm gonna be getting married, I'm gonna be getting married. And I said, oh, wonderful! He showed me who my husband's supposed to be. And, 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 and as she's telling me, I think I might have shared this with you already, did I? As she's sharing this with you might have experienced the same thing. As she's sharing to, with me that she knows who her husband's supposed to be, it was like the Lord dropped a screen down in front of my eyes, and it said, It wasn't me. Now tell her that. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I said, ma'am, excuse me. You say you heard from the Lord. The man he told you you're supposed to marry, is he married already? Is he married right now? She said, yes, but, but I said, stop right there. You need to go back to the Lord and you need to make sure That you're hearing from him because what you heard was not from God. Are you with me? Listen, this is a simple principle. God, we have his word. This is a plumb line. If what we think we're hearing doesn't line up with this, it's natural. It's not spirit. Are you with me? That's why it's so important to know what's in here. Praise God. You've got to know God's word for yourself. Matthew 4 and 4 says "Now this this is New Testament. This is Jesus. He said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? No, wait a minute. Doesn't it say just the good words? Well, hold on, hold on. Just the feel good words. Wait, 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 just the just the prosperity word no you know there's some there's some stuff in there that tastes good on my plate there's some potatoes i like to eat there's some peas there's some other stuff there but i know if i'm going to stay healthy if i'm going to keep the free radicals out i got to eat the stuff that sometimes don't taste good are you with me amen now flip over to matthew 5 and 16 it's important to consume the word of god not just and and hear me, hear, hear me, please. Not just the 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 good word, not just not just the whole word. In in the Bible, we have in the canon of Scripture, we have an Old Testament and a New Testament, and all the word is applicable. We now listen. We are not bound by the law as Christians. But we should have an understanding and a knowledge of the law. What's critical about that. Here's what's critical. Here's what's critical. If I say that that I no longer need the Old Testament. Well, then I don't need the new one either. Are you following me? How can I preach to you that you need a savior if you don't understand that the world is already condemned under sin? And that sin came through one man. His name was Adam. See if I if I you know uh, if I want to tell you that that it's okay to believe in evolution. Well, then now you can take the entire Old Testament and throw it away. And if you take the 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 Genesis account away, you don't need a Savior. Now Jesus is just you know your hang ten buddy on the beach. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hey, come come meet this guy, man. He helped me with a few bills, you know. He healed his pain in my back and. You know, but you don't really have an understanding of what your Savior is to you and who he is or how to preach him to somebody else. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He gave us the foundation in Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. He gave us the plumb line, his word. Matthew 5 and 16. Wave at me if you still love me. All right, I feel a lot of wind up here. Matthew 5 and 16 says, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your what and glorify your father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to what?" Now listen, I want to pr- I want to propose something to you, a propose a way of looking at this that maybe you haven't looked at before. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Did he come to fulfill past law? Yes. Right? Present law? Future law. Right? So how does he fulfill present and future law? How does he do that? He does it through us. Are you with me? He does it through us. When our heart resonates with him, you understand? Now the fulfillment of that law is accessible to people who don't Have him. Now we're bringing other people near to Christ. Are you with me? All right. So, what measure of that law is being fulfilled today? It happens as people bear witness to Christ working in us, and He's made visible through our what? Good works. Go with me to Psalms 40 and 8, and I'll try to close. Listen. It's so quiet in here. I'm wondering if I'm getting through. (laughs) I'm used to the Baptist church. Yeah, I'll breathe it. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't pay attention to your spouse's heart, you're headed for trouble. Amen. Are you with me? If you don't, you know, you could say anything you want, but if you don't pay attention to their heart, you, I know one thing. I hear my wife saying, you know, uh, uh, honey, when you get a minute, can you hang this picture for me? Okay, okay, and I'll get real busy. And then about a week or two later, I'm noticing that, you know, what, what's going on here is a little tension building. And then I realized, oh, she asked me to do something that was on her heart, and I got too busy to really pay attention. And so I recognize that in the natural. I have to pay attention to her heart. We have to pay attention to each other's heart if we want to maintain a healthy relationship. As disciples of Christ, as his children, we have to learn to pay attention to our father's heart. Are you with me? Okay. My teacher, and and I'll just say this regarding, you know, we can we can stumble over what are New Testament principles and Old Testament principles, what is law and what's not law, and you know we can argue that all day. My teacher, um, my mentor, uh, who I think. and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm biased. I think it's one of the greatest Bible scholars living of our day. And that's Dr. Jack Hayford. And, and you know, we're dealing with this issue of, of, you know, how much is, you know, legalism and how much is all this. He, you know, he says he, he brought it down to the issue of baptism. And we're sitting there, a group of about 40 pastors, and he's talking about this. And, you know, one of the easiest ways to get some pastors to fight is to ask, do you need to be baptized to be saved? <laughs> I mean, you know, you'll, you'll see, you want to see Pat, try it sometimes. You know, get a group of pastors together, and one, some Baptists and some not, and then ask that question and, and see what you get. And so Jack posed this question to a group of us, and then so we're all going back and forth, you know, we're trying to, you know, you know who's going to be the good student with the right answer? And then he, he looked at us and he said, you know, what does it matter? Daddy said, do it. Are you with me? Who cares if it's a salvation issue? Daddy said be baptized. Be baptized. You know, that's the main issue. Daddy said so. <laughs> I look at my boys sometime and you know, sometime I'll, I'll go and and I'll and I'll say, you know, Joseph put this controller for the Xbox away. But John, John, said, just put it away. I don't care who put it there. All I care about is that it gets put away. I believe all our father cares about is that we're doing his will. You hear me? Not so much whether we're in the Baptist church or how we perceive things, but if we're listening and hearing from him. Psalms 40 in verse 8 says, I delight to do thy will. There we go. Oh, my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. Lord, thou knowest. You know, whether or not the issue is whether we're under the law, and we're not. We're under grace. But you know what the law does? It reveals the heart of the lawgiver. It's vital. If we're going to be useful in ministry, we have to know what it says. We have to know it. So we can tell somebody, you know what? We're all born under sin. We're born. We all, we all came from Adam. When Adam sinned, we all sinned in him. He sinned. We're all tainted. And because of that, we need a savior. I'm almost done. Somebody say amen. Two kings in Israel. The first ruler, Saul, represents the natural man. After that, David, who represents a spiritual ruler. The first was removed to make room for the second. The first was removed to make room for the second. Saul... In spite of what God told him, God told him, it's not like God wasn't talking to Saul. God was talking to him, but Saul refused. Saul had his hand on the pulse of the people. And when the people said, this seems right to us, Saul said, okay, let's do that. In spite of the fact God told him to go a different direction. God says, you know what? I'm going to remove you, Saul, and put in a man who is after my own heart. David was imperfect. He was not a perfect man. I'm so glad David wasn't perfect because it lets me know that there's, there's a way for me. I mean, David made mistakes. But when he came to himself, he sought the heart of God. And God calls him a man after his own heart. I believe that's what he's calling us to be today. People after his heart. I believe that's what he's telling us today. Listen, Saul in the flesh didn't want to do things God's way. He wanted to do things Saul's way. Saul was removed from his authority. And in his place was somebody put that would do what God wanted, that would follow God's heart. I believe what God is saying to us today is to look in our hearts, every one of us. And everywhere there's a Saul, take him off his throne. Whether it's finances, if Saul has a hold of your finances, he's running your finances. If you're running your finances in the natural, I believe God is saying dethrone Saul and put in a David. (laughs) Some of you may say my finances are right, my business. Maybe it's your idea towards tithes. You know, that's an Old Testament thing. I don't have to tithe. God is saying take that Saul off his throne and put in a David. Some of you here may be thinking, now why don't you close your eyes for a minute and just think inside. Look inside as as the Lord ministers to you. Some of you here today may be thinking, you know what? God doesn't want me to suffer like this. And you're thinking about doing something in your relationship that you ought not to be doing. Are you hearing me? You need to cast that saw out and take on the heart of the one who says, what I have joined together, let no one come between. That's the heart of God. Know the heart of God. Whatever it is in your heart. You know, God wants us to maintain integrity of heart. Integrity means to keep your heart whole. That means we're not parceling it out to other issues. There aren't areas of our life that we allow to dominate our thought process that our heart is given wholly to God, that we do like David did and stop and ask the Lord and everything we do, God, shall I go up? Book of Proverbs says, In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. If there's anybody here that, that would like prayer, because there are... And we don't need to know the specifics, but if you like prayer for some... If the message convicted you in your heart and you believe that there are some Sauls that need to be dethroned in your life to make room for the rising up of David, I'd like pastors, okay, if I ask them, that we, can we pray? Can we ask the prayer team to come up and pray for anybody that is looking to get rid of the Saul to let the heart of God... You know, when people appealed to Jesus, they said, Son of David, have mercy on me they're appealing to the heart of god the heart of god is there anybody here that needs prayer that you'd like us to agree with you touch and agree that's it to say that there's some songs that need to come down can we ask the prayer team to come up Beautiful worship.
1: Beautiful let's, worship. Let, let's stand. And as the prayer team comes and join me across the front, if you would like to receive prayer, just come on down with us as we're coming forward, lining up across the front. Come forward. We'll pray with you about any issue of your life where you want to be sure you're putting the Lord first, you want to be sure you're asking the Lord for his will. Uh, you want to be sure that what you're wanting to do is his will. Amen. of the service, Lord, anyone needing prayer, Lord, we pray that they would respond right now, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to give words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic utterances, God, encouraging prayers, prayers of faith. Lord, let there be the working of miracles in our lives this week. In Jesus' name, we give ourselves to you, amen. Let's let's sing this song
2: together. Life is not No uh-huh.
1: on you and you can go, but don't rush. If you don't have to, let's stay here and worship for a while. The rest of the praise team, if you guys can come up and join us, let's continue worshiping the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace as you follow him all the days of your life. May he be first in all of our lives in Jesus' name. Give myself
2: away. Give myself away. i sure. Yeah. Well-